Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Stuff. I'm Will. And on this episode, we have a little bit of hockey talk, literally just a little bit. Uh, we have the MLB wild card, and we have NFL Week 5 recap. Three sports, one episode. We're back. What do we say, everybody? Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome back to Inside the Five. Let's get started with a little hockey talk, a little puck culture for the boys. Um, we're literally just going to maybe go less than a minute on this. We're going to say maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah. maybe 20. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can speak for classic hockey Will. talk. Yeah, I don't know if I can speak for them, but I'm not much of a puck head myself. But nope. um, we, we watch hockey sometimes. Um, we're all Bruins fans. And let's go through our predictions. Who's going to win the cup? The season starts uh, tonight. And I'm going to start it off. <laughs> I have the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. It's the last dance for the boys. Bergeron's probably going to retire after this year. Uh, Krejci came back. We have Marshan probably going to retire. A lot of guys are on expiring deals. This is their last dance. New coach. This is it, boys. And I think the Bruins are going to get it done. I like, I I like that. that little homer. How about you, Will? Um. I'm going the Vegas Golden Knights. We are a Vegas Golden Knight podcast. Shout out Puck Culture. Um, go Golden Knights. Yeah, um, you know me, um, my team, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, pff, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, the boys. Um, i trying to think of somebody else on that team. I think of Vander Kane's on that team. Um, that's three names. Um, yeah, big hockey guys over here. That was hockey talk. Moving on to the MLB wild card, however. Um, first off, I just want to say the wild card did not disappoint at all. The wild no. card was awesome. That, yeah, I mean, if you love baseball, the wild card literally filled your expectations. I mean, or met your expectations. Each, although only one game went to game three or one series went to game three. Each series was very good. Each of them had their moments. And this is why we love playoff baseball. I mean, I love the new three game format. It gives a team another chance to actually improve off of a bad day. And we really did see that the home team, like home field advantage doesn't always lead to um, success in the MLB postseason. I mean, we saw it, the Phillies beat the Cardinals. We saw yep. the Mariners beat the Blue Jays. And we saw the Padres beat the Mets. 
So three of the four series, the underdog technically won, which is amazing. And this is why we love playoff baseball. You know, you, you can root for the underdog and the underdog really does have a chance. So let's get started off with, we'll talk about series by series quickly. Mets versus Padres. This was a shocker to me. I I feel like the Mets, they're a hundred win team. They should have made it far yet. Another season ending in disappointment for the New York Mets. You had Max Scherzer go game one. He stunk. They lost. Jacob DeGrom did well. Game two had eight strikeouts, won six innings, did his thing. They won game two. Then game three, they absolutely fell asleep and couldn't win. They had Bassett on the mound against Joe Musgrove. Musgrove really does want to win. And it it was clear who wanted it more in that game three. And what what do you guys think about this? Because the Mets... This was probably their last chance legitimately to actually make a push. They have a lot of impending free agents. Where, where do the Mets go from here? This isn't a good sign for them. Yeah, I think the Mets I mean, is going to break up after this, personally. I think the band's over after this. I think they're all going to probably jump ship from the Mets. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't see why they would all stay, especially that this is probably one of the years that they had to literally win it all. They had every opportunity. They have the roster. They have the team. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. I mean – People were putting them up there in the likes of having a roster almost like the Dodgers, but we see the Dodgers winning 111 games and moving on. Obviously, they didn't play the wild card. But, I mean, I wouldn't see why most players would stay with the Mets after this year. Yeah, but you're you're right. Comparing it to the Dodgers, and they're not exactly the Dodgers, but this is a star-studded lineup, like a, a, a team that has um, a solidified starter at every position, which we cannot say the same about our Boston Red Sox this year but a very, very solid team. Um, And, I mean, it really all started in the regular season at the the end when the Braves came through, ended up winning the NL East, obviously got the two seed. I think if the Mets had the two seed, they've been talking a little bit about uh, wild card rust, you know, for those two teams that get the buys. I think that the Mets very much would have benefited by having um, this buy because you get matched up against the Padres team who has been hot, you know, Manny Machado, they've had, they've had a lot of pitching as well. Um, I, I think that just the fact, looking at this uh, rotation from the Mets, how star-studded it really is, there's no way they can keep this for another year, maybe even two. Um, it, it, it's going to be very difficult, and this was definitely the year to do it for the Mets, in my opinion, yeah. at least. And that's what we've been saying since the beginning of the year, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And shout-out to the Mets for sticking with predict, uh, tradition. They were down, I think, four nothing or so in Game Three, and they Edwin Diaz came out in like the sixth inning, and they still played the trumpets. Mister Met still got up on the dugout with his trumpet. All the fans were going mm-hmm. crazy, and it's like you're bringing in your closer in the sixth inning, and then he ended up letting in two runs, and that solidified the game. But yeah, shout out them for sticking with tradition. And speaking of tradition, the Toronto Blue Jays choked in dramatic fashion, probably the biggest choke in MLB playoff history. The city of Toronto is so used to that that they're probably numb to it. But for those who don't know, in game two, the Mariners are going into game two. The Mariners won game one. The Blue Jays were up seven to one or eight to one. They went up eight to one and blew that lead and lost 10 to nine in awful fashion. Like there was a three run home run by Carlos Santana to make it eight to four. And then the, the Blue Jays scored again, making it nine to four. And then, the Mariners just stormed back and won. It, it was crazy. It was an awesome game, and I was rooting against the Blue Jays, so I thought it was awesome. My Mariners, my pick, my favorite team in the playoffs, they're succeeding, and as we're speaking right now, they're up 4 nothing against 
the Houston Astros in game one of the ALDS. So who knows how far this team's going to go, but the Mariners seems electric boys. Yeah, and that and that relates right back to what I was saying about this wild card rust. A team in the Astros who haven't played in five or six days going up against a team in the with the Mariners who we saw them win that series on an insane comeback. How could you not be hot after that? They're carrying it over into the next round, and that's very dangerous. That's kind of like a you know a team that goes in into Toronto, wins in two. They come out, they're playing against the Astros, against Verlander today. They've put up four in two innings so far. So it's just a matter of whose bats are hot. We're seeing it with Philadelphia as well. Obviously, we'll speak about them in a minute. Um, but, I mean, these wildcard teams that are coming through so far, two games in um, to this next series, they're looking very good. And not only that, Logan Gilbert right now, after pitching in the first inning, he's gotten the first out in the second. He only has 11 pitches. So to this start – he can go deep, and who knows? I mean, we'll we'll get to a little preview prediction in a little bit, but the Mariners look great, and winning Game One on the road would be huge. I know we're kind of jumping all around, but can't. How can you not be excited about this Mariners yeah. team? Yeah, exactly. Really, that's your team stuff. Yeah, Stoff's team. Mm-hmm. My team. All right, next game on the list, we have the Cardinals versus the Phillies, and this is a series where I predicted it. I said, "Don't count out the Phillies." End quote. Nothing happened. Nothing was said after they, that. Ta- hey, don't you dare! <laughs> because I was on the the Phillies have no shot in this series, and you were like, "The Phillies could make a run." Which, yes, you were right at that point, but you kept going, and you asked who they were playing. You asked this last week. You said the Cardinals. Right before that, you were the one that said the Cardinals are making the World Series. Yes. So So You were right, but you were also very wrong. So this is a perfect example of hedging your bet. Like, (laughs) although although I said the Cardinals are going to win the World Series, I said, hey, you can't count out the Phillies just for this exact reason of me reverting back to that quote and ending the quote before I continued to speak. So if you want to, if you want to cut out the quote, we can post it on the TikTok, and no one will know what's said after that. And, and they'll have to listen to the episode to see what I actually said. So you're welcome for great journalism. Yeah. For, from now on, I'm going to like every single NFL game, every single lock of the week, I'm just going to pick uh, both like, teams, both picks from one game, just and cut the other part out. Yeah. So yeah I I, right. I, am I against that? Absolutely not. I think that's a great strategy and you will win 100%. <laughs> we just like none of us miss the rest of the year. And yeah. it's like we just pick the same game. We pick a game and then we'll just have a little rant about each team and why that's and, our locker room. Yeah. And we, we just cut the clip. You can after. tell, by the way, the people that are listening to this, you can tell that we definitely are not doing that with the lock of the week for the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we'll get to that. Shout out me. I'm in first place overall percentages. Just saying. Shout out me last. No big deal. They love a good comeback story, Will. Oh, yeah. They'll love a good comeback story. All right. Like Kim Kardashian. All right. Next <laughs> next game on the list, we had Rage versus Guardians. This was probably one of the like least talked about series just because it wasn't really much off. There wasn't much really offense really played. But that doesn't take away from the fact that there was great pitching from both sides. Starting off with Shane Bieber, game one for the Guardians. He was electric. He was hitting his spots like perfect. I think he went seven innings. He shut out that Rays lineup. I think they only scored one run in both in 24 innings played because game two went 15 innings, which was electric. That was another great playoff baseball moment like in history. So we're all Guardians fans 
going into this next round. Like, hey, there's no denying that. Do we actually think the Guardians have a chance against the Yankees? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a matter of who's hot, and we saw it with the Guardians. I mean, they were electric, and, and it wasn't their offense, but it definitely was their defense in this series. Um and with the way that the Rays play defense, in my opinion, they're one of the best defenses in all of baseball. Um, so now you're going up against a star-studded lineup in the Yankees. It's really all about how pitching is going to work for Cleveland um, because you know what these hitters are going to bring, obviously, with Judge, um, Stanton, even though he sucks. Um, you know, the Guardians, a team that, like, in my opinion, I thought had no chance in any playoff series, got through the first one. They keep the bats hot, and they're going to be just fine because the Yankees are the exact team that they can beat, in my opinion, because that's what the Yankees do. A hundred percent, and kind of reverting back to the Rays, I think this was basically the Rays' last chance at any success in the playoffs, just because – or in general, because they play a small ball brand of baseball where they're always shifting, they're playing the analytics, and next year that's kind of banned. You're only allowed to have two sides – or two players on each side of the diamond. And as we see, the Rays shift probably more than any team in the MLB, and that's how they've had their success. So I'm curious to see if their success can translate into upcoming years, considering they really don't have much pop in their lineup. And a lot of their guys are put in the lineup based off of analytics and where to hit against the shift and stuff like that. But now that the shift is banned defensively, the Rays aren't going to be there. They have good pitching, but... We'll we'll see the what happens. That but. team isn't really all that good to begin with. They just they they really only win games off of analytics, which says a lot about the rules of the league right now. And, and like the change is going to make a big impact. I feel like it's going to be very interesting next year, just because a lot of teams take advantage of that shift, especially yep. against lefties. So definitely, and I what's um, going to happen. Oh wait, let me get to this game because they brought that up exactly the way that you said it today, Will. Um, with Suarez on the mound for the Phillies, who they talked about him changing his mechanics to the point where once he was finishing his follow-through, he was getting in a defensive position. That's going to be big for all MLB teams. Like, they're going to want pitchers like that that are ready to, you know, get get down and dirty on defense because that's kind of what has been stopped with this shift is those hits right up the middle, which is where hitters learned how to hit. Um Pitchers are going to be way more useful than ever, and, and not just yeah. by what they're pitching, but what they can do in the field. And we saw it with Suarez for the Phillies, and that's been helping them out throughout this playoff run as well. Also finding those quick middle infielders that are going to be able to get to that gap in the middle yep. really quickly. Athleticism. Right? We're going to have to see some cool plays. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you can't play up the middle, but you're going to see some teams kind of probably reverting to, like, an inside in and then keeping that – like, bring pretty much everyone into the middle more – and then trying to keep that one side open. So we'll see how that plays, especially for the defensive strategies. So let's go through rapid-fire predictions for the ALDS, or the division series in general. We'll start off with the AL, Yankees versus Guardians. Griff, who do you have? Um, And also, bias aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bias aside, um, I'm going Yankees. um, Best of five. Seven-game series, right, because we're in the divisional now? No, best of five. Best of five. I'll take the Yankees in four. Well, I'm going to take the Guardians in five. I think the Yankees slip up a couple times. 
especially with some locker room issues going on with Aroldis Chapman. I know it doesn't affect the entire team. I know he's not in the greatest form, but he's gone, and they're going to look to someone, and they're not going to have him, and you never know. I mean, I, I personally, regardless of how good or bad Aroldis Chapman is, if I'm in the playoffs, I still want to give Chapman a shout. Like, I yeah. mean, it's someone who's good. You can't can't count him out until he does something bad. So, yeah, And I'm going to – kind of go with Will here. I'm going Guardians before. I think that the, the Guardians take game one, Yankees take game two, but then the Guardians take the rest of the series. So this is it's going to be very interesting to see, and I think that the Guardians pitching is something that you cannot take lightly, and I think that the Yankees pitching has been very overrated this year. It's going to get yep. exposed with a short porch, and it's going to come back and bite them. All right, next series we have, although it's kind of already started, Mariners – versus the Houston Astros. I'm going to go first here just because it's my team, the Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Mariners are going to win this series in three. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, I like the I like the Mariners in three two. I feel like this Houston Astros team coming off like we said the wild card and whatever I well, I don't even know what's called they're they're sleeping because they weren't playing in the wild card. I feel like that break isn't helpful to a team like the Astros, especially since they have some players on that team that they need more active to hit the ball. I feel like they're a good they're a good team that's in momentum when they have it, the, just like the Mariners. The Mariners came out of a very hot series against. The Blue Jays, big comeback, big momentum for them. I feel like that's a team that's going to take advantage of and be able to ride this all the way the next round. Yeah, and, I mean, three innings through this first game, the Mariners are obviously up 4 nothing at the moment. I'm going to go Astros in five. And, and um, I just think that if they can get any of their starters to go through five without giving up more than three runs – the bats will will show up later in this series, and they'll get it done. They're the one seed for a reason. They've had a quiet season. You know how much I love that in the MLB. They're going to find their stride. Um, they just need a couple innings to get into it. The Mariners started off hot. I can't guarantee that the rest of the series. I'm going Astros 5. All right. Next, we'll switch over to the NL side of things. We have the uh, Phillies and the Braves. Griff, you're, you're Braves. I'm repping Acuna today with the Braves jersey. What do we think is going to happen? Although it seems as if the Phillies are going to take game one. Yeah, and, and that's that's just about it, I think, for the Phillies. Um, riding a hot hand, the Braves' defense didn't look too bad, in my opinion. Even with the runs that they let up, um, the Phillies were finding their holes. Um, I'm going to go Braves here. I'm going to go in four as well. Even after a game one loss, I think the Phillies don't win another game this season. 
I'm going to go with the Braves as well. I really like the Braves. I know the Phillies can get hot with the bats. They're a team that can hit the ball really well. But I feel like that's going to get played out in this series, especially when the Braves start to get their bats going. I got to stick with my predictions. I'm going to the Phillies here, and I'm going to go with them in five. And I'm not like he's back in MVP form. I mean, we, we yep. saw it in in the wild card, and we're also seeing it now. He's hitting the ball very well against very good Braves pitching. But I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be an all-time classic just because these two offenses are awesome. But if I do have to say something, the Phillies pitching does kind of worry me when it gets down to the stretch of games. But I, I think they're still going to prevail. I think that offense is way too good to get shut down in the full series. I didn't say how many, but Braves in five. All right, and then the last series on our list, we have the Padres and the Dodgers, an NL West rivalry, a battle that we're all excited to see. Only if Fernando Tatis didn't have ringworm, we would have seen him in this series. Um, but this is this is going to be a good series, I think. But let's be honest, I, I got the Dodgers here. I got the Dodgers in four. <laughs> Go for it, Will. I'm going to take the Padres in five. I think they showed a lot against the Mets. They showed a lot of resiliency, especially against great pitchers. The Dodgers have great pitchers. I know the Dodgers have great batters as well, but I feel like they're going to be able to match. I feel like they're going to take a close one in five. And no earthquake at all for us in this NL or ALDS because none of us or no series do we all take the same team. Um, We already have it split. I'm going to go Dodgers in five. A tough NLS matchup. Both teams know how to play against each other. This one is going to be a series that the Dodgers are going to grind out. They're going to have to grind it out. Mookie Betts bowled the perfect bowl the other day. That's going to carry his momentum through. <laughs> um, but, no, for real, Dodgers in five. The Dodgers are, I mean, amazing. The Padres are very good. But the Dodgers are the team that knows how to slow them down. Yeah. I mean, boys, this is probably the best time of the – the year when it comes to sports, you still got play. You got playoff baseball, hockey starting up, basketball starts next week, and we're in the thick of the NFL season, the, where everything's still exciting. Everyone still has a chance. All four sports are buzzing right now. This is a great time to be a sports fan. And yep. usually, like, well, let's throw it back to the summer for a sec. We would have typically ended the episode right here. Like, there would be yep. nothing else to really talk about. But we still got NFL Week Five that we have to recap and. This was a good slate. We had a lot of good games, uh, a lot of bad games too, starting off with Thursday night, Colts at Broncos, probably one of the worst games of all time. Griff, your former quarterback, Russell Wilson, man, does he suck. I mean, I mean, he's terrible. Obviously, um, what everybody else didn't notice except for me, uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, um, the better quarterback was on the bench the whole time, so why not go out get a young stud? Um, tight end, get a couple of picks, get a defensive lineman for someone that's done. He's done. Um, imagine losing to the Colts. Not only did they lose to the Colts, the score was 12 to 9. Russ throws two picks. Obviously, everybody knows about what happened on the last play of the game, had someone wide open. Um, but the PTSD on the slant route um, in a goal line set really set in for Russ. He chose his guy before the play started. And I mean, he sucks, and so do the Broncos. I mean, yeah, I, I, Russ's looks very washed out there. I mean, that game was probably one of the more ugly games that I think we've seen all year, if not probably the worst game we've seen all year. 
unfortunately, the game actually went to overtime, so that was another 30 minutes of time wasted in our lives that we had to watch Thursday Night Football. <laughs> I just – I hated that game. That game actually pissed me off. Not yeah, I mean, we all picked the under in this, but we also yep. ha- all had Denver minus three, which it just didn't hit. I thought it would maybe push. It should have pushed at least, considering that the Broncos were up with two minutes left in the red zone, but Russ decided to throw a pick to Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, let's challenge the former defensive player of the year. It, it makes no sense what the Se- or Jeez, I almost said the Seahawks. It makes sense what the Seahawks wow. are doing, but it doesn't make sense what the Broncos are doing. I mean, it, they're an embarrassment. Seahawks. Yeah, they, they are an elite offense, a polar opposite of the Denver Broncos, who are a terrible offense. And I apologize for even mentioning those two teams in the I same would. sentence. Yep. I, I apologize to you, Griff, personally, and I might release a press statement later, a notes app one at that. You, sh- so, yep. you should. Anyways, let's move on to some better games. We had a great Sunday slate, another full day of football starting at 9 a.m. in London with the New York <clears throat> football giants beating the Green Bay Packers. And is Saquon Barkley electric over there? I mean, he's a top-tier running back in the league, and I don't think there's any denying that right now. I think he's I mean, one of the best running backs in the league right now. I think, he, if not the best running back in the league. And it shows because every week he's doing it on the ground, he's doing it in the air. Um, he combined for 106 all-purpose yards in this game, scored one touchdown, but at the end of the day, it was just about who's the better quarterback. Whoever the better quarterback was is going to win this game, and this year it's Daniel Jones. I'm telling you guys, I may have been wrong with my prediction. I have them at 7-10. That still could easily happen, but this is Daniel Jones's year. This is his best year of production, and it all starts with that running back to help him out. And so far, I look like a smart person with the, with the New York football giants. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing good football. I mean that that Packers team did not look the greatest in London. No, needless to say, they did not look great. The Giants made a big comeback. It's a good, good win for them. And I mean, they're starting off hot. That their division is looking to be a very tough division this year. Yes, as we've been yep. saying. All right. Yeah. I mean, shout out Daniel. Jo- I know he gets a lot of a lot of shit, but he doesn't have a wide receiver one right now. They're still winning games. They're four and one for a reason. Um, I don't think they're gonna necessarily be dominant throughout the year, but they're definitely a team. Team. They're definitely a team that their opponents can't take lightly, lightly anymore. I mean, they're. It's clear that it only takes a few drives for them to really get back into the game. The Packers did fall asleep at the wheel a little bit, but Brian Dable has the control of this locker room. They like playing for him, and imagine they sign OBJ again. Then they have a solidified wide receiver one with a decent supporting cast. Who knows how far this team can actually go? That's all I'm really exactly. saying. Yeah. Now let's move on to the one o'clock slate uh, games, starting off with the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Minnesota was home. This was a close game. I mean, the Vikings were favored by seven and a half points to that what we got him at, and it was only a seven-point game. And the, the Bears really did have a chance at the end of the game until uh, I forgot who the receiver was got stripped. Literally babied, but yeah, that, that that was a pretty good game. And shout out Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's probably, I think, the best receiver in the league. Too bad I can't get him the IT five Super League. But that's besides the point. We're not talking about that. No one cares about our fantasy teams. But yeah, the Vikings are the real deal. I think. I think the best team in the NFC North. Yeah, I and it's something we've been talking about since the beginning of the season. They could come out and surprise you. And this is the exact offensive uh, game plan that I expect them to 
run all year. I mean, they're 4-1 and one now. Dalvin Cook really got going in this game. He had 94 yards on the uh, on the ground. He had 27 in the air. He had two touchdowns. And Justin Jefferson, obviously, with over 150 yards off 12 receptions, was amazing. It helps out um, Kirk Cousins a lot, makes him look a lot better when he can just look for Justin Jefferson every play. That's exactly what he did. Putting up 29 points for Minnesota um, is exactly what they need to do. I trust their defense, even though they didn't look too good against these Bears. But at 4-1, and one, I mean – this division is wide open for them to take it. So, and I like that too. No, I really like this Vikings team. And I want to say, I think after starting this past week, going on for the rest of the season, I really think we're going to see Dalvin Cook fully activated. We're going to see what glimpses of him, what he was in the past. I think we're going to really get a good Dalvin Cook for the rest of the year. And this Vikings team is going to put a name for themselves in this division. Yeah. I mean, like we said, it just really matters about consistency. You know, you have to be consistent throughout the year. You got to feed, you got to feed everyone. You got to make sure everyone's hung or you got to make sure everyone's not hungry and we'll see how far this goes. It really relies on Kirk Cousins and hopefully they don't have any more primetime games or they're screwed. All right. Next game on the slate, we have our Los Angeles Chargers getting a close win against the Cleveland Browns. This was a really good game. We saw two elite running backs go head to head, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. Eckler had a really good game, both receiving and rushing. Nick Chubb did his thing on the ground, scored – I think Nick Chubb scored two touchdowns – or he scored one touchdown, 150 yards, and then two. Eckler had – oh, did they both have two touchdowns? Nick Chubb had two. Eckler had one in the air and one on the Yep, game. that's right. So that's right. So we, we really three. did see every, everyone unleashed, yeah. and this was, a, this was an awesome game. And I'm curious – Griff, I'm going to ask you this. Is Brandon Staley too aggressive in certain situations? You know, it it falls back down to analytics, which is what these young coaches love. And it depends on the decisions. I I, I feel like the the decisions of Justin Herbert specifically, because on these plays where it's fourth and two um, around midfield, um, Brandon Staley obviously likes to go for it, right? And, And the thing is, they've done it. They've been doing it. They're kind of used to it. They know what they're doing. Justin Herbert ended up kind of forcing it to Mike Williams on that play, threw it off the back of, um, I don't know who was guarding him at the time. I think it might have been Denzel Ward on Mike Williams all game. Um, But he literally just threw it to the back of his head and hoped that Mike Williams could reach behind and grab it. I think that this is how the Chargers are going to win games. You know, I, I don't think he's being too, like, pushy when it comes to those situations because that's exactly what the Chargers are there to do. That's their style of play, and they can't hold back on that or else, you know, they'll they'll start losing more games just based off of, you know, punting and then relying on the defense. They don't come through, and then, look, we're blaming it the opposite way. Um, You know, I I don't think it was a great play call. I feel like there could have been a different call there, but I think going for for it on fourth and two right there, you could have sealed the game. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mike Williams already had, already had 134 yards. It just wasn't the greatest route drawn up for him. I don't think they should slow down with all, all those play calls, especially on short fourth fourth down situations. 
I don't even think that's the problem, in my opinion. I think the problem starts in the red zone. I mean, we saw before that play had to happen, they were in the red zone and only got three points. They had their backup running back in for almost the entire set, I think, in the red zone that they were in. I think Austin Eckler was only in twice, and they tried to force feed him on a little wheel row. Why aren't we running the ball in the red zone? Why aren't we getting him through? He's been elite all day long. He's been elite all year long. And mm-hmm. with Keenan Allen out, with Keenan Allen out, why, why aren't they forcing him the ball in positions where he can make a play? They're giving him the ball with literally four defenders around him when you can easily just run the ball. They, I think they were on maybe the six or seven yard line at one point, and they literally just like they kept dumping it off to their backup running back who was getting nothing done. And I was like, why aren't you giving it to Eckler or someone who's going to actually make a play for them? Their backup isn't bad. I just personally don't think he's out there to make a great play in the red zone all the time. I think that starts there with better red zone play calling. I think those risky plays, especially on those short fourth downs, I feel like those are gonna that's they're gonna use that in a game where they need to win and it's gonna work. And you guys and everyone's gonna be like, oh, Brandon Staley's a genius, when in reality he, he just played the analytics correctly. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You know, I'm a fantasy owner of Austin Eckler, and every time I see like Joshua Kelly or another running back in that backfield in the red zone, I get upset. Especially that, when it's Sony Michelle. I like Joshua Kelly. I hate Sony Michelle. He doesn't yeah. even fit in the Chargers scheme at all. It makes no sense why no, he's no, I no. Free, I was gonna say Sony Michelle, but then I had to second guess if he's even on that. No, team. he's the third string. Joshua yeah. Kelly's yeah. backup. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have my Will and I's uh New England Patriots versus the Detroit Lions. Bailey Zappy. The Bailey Zappy fever in New England is real right now. And I'm going to be on record right now saying, although I fell into the trap of the Bailey Zappi fever, I I need to settle down a little bit. Mac Jones doesn't stink. Mac Jones is a starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And when he returns from his injury, he will continue to be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And then we will see where this team goes or what happens going forward. I mean, Bailey Zappi had a great first start against the um, the Detroit Lions, a really beat-up secondary in the Detroit Lions. But he did his thing. He did his job. They won the game. He threw the ball very well. He had a certain zip on the ball. He looked very confident. I'm not taking anything away from Zappi, but Mac Jones will be the starter of this team going forward until he messes up, and I think he's going to respond to the pressure well. I think that now that Mac realizes, like, oh, shoot, I'm I could lose my job, then – I think he's going to step up. I think he's going to take on the pressure, and I think he's going to succeed. Griff, I want to hear your outside perspective from this. I mean, I've been comparing it. It's a little bit different, but I've been comparing it to the Cowboys situation um, where Cooper Rush has obviously not lost a game for them. But Bailey Zappi is a rookie, and, and you know, going 17 for 21 for 188 yards, yeah, you won the t- game 29 does nothing. But Bailey Zappi really wasn't the biggest part in this. It was really the run game, in my opinion. You know, he threw a touchdown to Jacoby Myers. But Ramondre Stevenson, after Damian Harris going down, ran for 161 yards. You can have Mac Jones back there, and Mac Jones will give you 17 for 21 if he's only throwing 188 yards. I think you can really put any quarterback in the NFL to do that. It's a very easy offense to run. They're trying to expand Mac Jones and give him more shots down the field, give him more opportunities to really stretch out plays. So that's the reason why Mac Jones hasn't looked as good as, you know, a 29 nothing win against the Lions that Bailey Zappi did. I, I think when he comes back, they're going to kind of calm him down a little bit, and Mac Jones will be just fine. It's going to be a Mac Jones 
led team for the rest of the season. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Mac Jones is definitely going to be starting, obviously, when he gets back. I like the Bailey Zappi fever. I'm in the Bailey Zappi fever. I feel like he's a very good quarterback. He is someone who I feel like we – like this is probably perfect timing. Obviously, you don't like to see your starting quarterback go down with the injury and he's out and the backup's in for a little bit. But I feel like, as I said on the past episode, where I was like, why wasn't there any form of – competitiveness with the quarterbacks that we have on our team. Mac Jones, I feel like we let him in too easy. We let him in too comfortably. And just be like, okay, let him let, no pressure involved. Just go out there and play quarterback. And it hasn't really done it hasn't really done us the biggest favor. Obviously he's been good. He is a good quarterback. I'm not saying that he isn't good at all, but I'm saying I feel like there needed to be that little edge for him to want to step it up, become better. I feel like right now I feel like he's kind of comfortable doing what he's doing and having the run game kind of control the game, controlling the offense, and then doing minimalistic efforts on the passing end and trying to open it up when they can, not when they should. So Yeah, and I think that's enough to talk about the offense because the offense really wasn't the star of the show here. The defense of the Patriots yesterday was awesome. It was elite, in my opinion. I mean, uh, although the Lions aren't really a great team, they still statistically were the number one offense in the league. Yep. They still always put up yards and points. A lot of, yep. And they scored 45 points last week, and then they get shut out this week. They got blanked. And Matthew Judon is tied for the lead in the NFL for sacks, I think, or tied for third, something along those lines. He's the first Patriot to get a sack in each of the first five games. And he's he's making his case – not only to be a pro bowler, to be, but to be an all pro as well. I think he's putting himself in that top tier category of edge rushers. And I just want to see him do this week in and week out because he really is a difference maker. And it's awesome to see a guy who you can trust wreak havoc. And with pressure, the secondary looks a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah, you're very right, and that's exactly what we've been what we've been seeing with Jack Jones with another interception this week. Um, the rookie, the rookie corners in general from New England have, have looked very good, um, and it all does relate back to that pass rush. And it's been Judon getting the numbers, but that whole D line, even though we've been talking about the holes that they have, they've looked pretty good as a unit. And um, that defense in general is a very good defense to go up against teams in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, let, let's, I kind of want to, I kind of want to talk about the sec, like the safeties as well, because Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips are just awesome. They they both can play back, like in pass coverage, and they also can uh, run downhill and make stops in the run. I mean, they're hard hitters. They fly around the field, and they're they're just jackknives. 
And not only that, you got Jabril Peppers backing both of them up. He's yep. he comes in the field, he comes on the field and he does his job perfectly. He's awesome on special teams. And those three safeties are such weapons. And it, it just it, it allows our linebackers to kind of make a little bit more mistakes because our linebackers aren't really the strong point of the defense. But when you have three guys who are the safety position that can play linebacker, it makes your team a whole lot better. Defensively. Agreed. All right, next game on the list, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons, and boy, did the Falcons get robbed. This is a game where I said that um, the college-styled offense of Atlanta isn't going to work against Tampa. And 15 points against Tampa Bay for the Atlanta Falcons I think is a success. You kind of want to see if the defense can help you out in a struggling offense, but – I mean, a, a team that got all their guys back now with, you know, Mike Evans putting up 81 yards, Godwin putting up 61. Um, Leonard Fournette came through, finally scored a touchdown. He actually had two. Um, Tampa doesn't look too good. Atlanta seemed like they could have sneaked one out, and you're right, they did get quite robbed. But that that was a must-win game from Tampa Bay. Yeah, 100%. And – they still didn't even look that sharp, in my opinion. Like, the Falcons, yeah, they're, they're a scrappy team. They're, they're kind of exciting. But they were missing their key focal point on offense in Cordell Patterson and Kyle yep. Pitts as well. I, I don't know what to expect for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really didn't look that good. And who knows what's going to happen with this team going forward. I don't necessarily trust them in the NFC, especially because a lot of the teams are kind of solidifying themselves as top dogs in the NFC. I don't see the Bucks in that category. I don't see anyone in the division in that category. 100%. Definitely. But, but I mean, not not a game that I was really interested in. Obviously, Grady Jarrett with a questionable rough in the passer call. We had a few of those this weekend. We'll talk about the other one in a little bit. Um, but for now, let's move on to the next one. We have an AFC East matchup. The Dolphins, the Jets in an absolutely insane ending score, final score, 40-17 to 17 in favor of the New York Jets. We saw Zach Wilson put up 210 yards. Um, Brees Hall and Michael Carter both had good games, um, or at least in my opinion, because um, Michael Carter, you know, caught a few balls as well. That run game from New York looked great. Skylar Thompson, Miami's quarterback this game, um, we don't know when two is going to be back. We don't know when Teddy B is going to be back. The Dolphins are sitting at three and two, Stav. With Skylar Thompson for at least another week or two, what's the direction of this team? I don't know. Because, because we look at, like, I, I hate bringing the Patriots back into things, but it's a very comparable situation. You're down to your third-string rookie quarterback. Let's see what he can do with a full week of preparation. You know, I know they got smacked by the Jets, and the Jets aren't really the strongest of teams in the AFC, but the Dolphins are a good team. I know Tyreek kind of got hurt, but I, I want to give the kid a chance. I think Skylar Thompson's very talented, and I'm excited to see what he can do with a full um, a full practice week when he's he knows that he's QB1. And if you really do look at the, the game itself, Skylar Thompson looked unprepared, to be honest. Like, he didn't look like he was ready for that spotlight. And now that he, he might – I think that with a sh- like with him given a chance as, like, a full-week starter, I think we'll see a completely different Dolphins team next week. 
against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a mm-hmm. great game. I mean, I, I feel like you have to give, obviously, a chance, but I feel like until the defense is stepping up, you can't be letting 42 points on your head against the Jets, in my opinion. I know the Jets have a good offense. I know the Jets have been playing pretty well. But when you're down to your third string, you really need your defense at, at its peak when you're down there. You know you're not going to be scoring a ton of points, so you need to not let up enough points to, to get absolutely smoked. And obviously that did not happen. And the Miami Dolphins have a great defense. Yes. Yes, they definitely do. So it's really just about health on that side. Um, but moving on to, I mean, an absolute stinker of a game. Um, I'm thinking about it. Yes. Griffin's worst game of the week, even though um, the ending of it was kind of exciting. Tennessee ended up beating the Washington commanders 21 to 17. Um, so to end the game out, Carson Wentz had a chance. He already had 360 yards in the air. He threw for two touchdowns, throws a pick on the goal line. Um, and then for about 15 minutes, nothing happened. Finally, Tennessee went out there, um, kneeled down, finished the game. It's kind of a cool way to, uh, you know, finish off a game. Interesting. But this game was overall just terrible. Ryan Tannehill still stinks. Derrick Henry uh, ran in for two, obviously ran for 100 yards as well. 21 to 17. The Titans are three and two. I I might put up the argument that the Titans are the worst three and two team in the NFL. I don't have any problem uh, combating that. I, I don't like this Titans team. But yet again, they'll probably end up winning the AFC South. The AFC South is a new NFC yep. East. Just trash. Agreed. And this wasn't even really that exciting of a game. I don't even, like, Will, unless you have anything to add. I, don't I have on. literally nothing to say about this game. This was, like, the worst game. It, it, there's There was one more bad game, but, like, this was definitely the worst game of the week. Yeah, so, I mean, how about we talk about an exciting one right now? A very exciting one at that. And the Saints. Um, a tough loss from Seattle in the Superdome. Taysom Hill, who threw for one ran for three in this game and 112 yards um, led the New Orleans Saints to pull through 39-32, obviously. Seahawks now sitting at two and three. I just want to come out and say, although Rashad Penny is now out, um, this was a great loss. You know, we're, we're looking to go for a draft pick. How about put up 32 points in a loss? And, and Geno Smith throw for three touchdowns. Tyler Lockett catching two of them and DK catching the other. This was perfect. We're getting our points up right now. Like I said earlier in the episode, we're the best offense statistically in the NFL. We actually look pretty good, and people keep asking me, what, why not fight for a playoff spot? You can't really rely on Geno Smith for like a few years now. I don't know if we should go into win-now mode with how stacked this quarterback class is, but I'm glad this is going to sound messed up, but I'm glad Kenneth Walker is going to get his shot here for the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's very talented. He showed signs of it with his first touchdown this uh, this past week. I think it was like a 60-yard run. Um, or 69. Yeah, it was 69-yard nice. touchdown run. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Hopefully we keep putting up these losses where we drop like 35 points. And, Griff, I did want to kind of respond to you saying this is a great loss. Especially for the oh my! All right, hold on, pause. The Braves just made it seven to six in the bottom of the ninth with one out. Matt Olson just hit a three run. I changed to the. All right, back to football. 
there was a lot of great clips coming from the Seahawks. Side. Yes. Seahawks PR had a lot of great highlights, especially that. Oh, they always do. When Geno Smith was rolling to the left and threw that absolute dot to the sideline, I think it was the Tyler Lockett. Yep. I could be 100% wrong. I am out of it. But still, they have a lot of clips and they have a, lot of, a lot of things to build on going forward. And Griff, I know I w- I'm going to say if I was a Seahawks fan, I know you're a Seahawks fan. I would be excited for the future if I were you. This team is really just a, a few pieces away on the defensive side of things to actually yeah. make a great push in the NFC West because a lot of the teams are falling off and getting older in the NFC West. Definitely. And, and you're exactly right about that. Um, we have a few rookie corners, Tariq Woolen, especially who has all of our picks, all of our team picks. We have three as a team. He has all of them. Kobe Bryant, who's been kind of shaky, our other rookie quarter from Cincinnati. Uh, who lined up He's learning. He's learning. Yeah. He's been struggling a little bit, but not too bad. Um, obviously, we have Nuosu from the Chargers previously. Will, you remember him, bolt up. Oh, He's yeah. been fantastic. Jordan Brooks is, hasn't been looking too bad at all. Quandre Diggs, all pro. And we still don't have Jamal Adams, who's, I think, out for the year. Um, so when he comes back, we have a few draft picks. Give it a couple of years. We'll patch up some holes. we got to focus on the D-line now. I don't mind the way that our offensive line is looking. We're putting up these points. It's really just about how many of the other team is scoring right now, and that's what's kind of screwing us. But it's we like don't an look advanced too bad taking strategy. Yeah, yeah, Almost we put up games. points, but just great offense, so we have the clips and look good. Um, but not terrible defense. Terrible defense. <laughs> and that's okay. It's fun football. It it's, it's fun a, to oh, watch. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like it's watching a, a Saturday slate. Like everybody's exactly. just putting up points. All right, next game on the slate, we have. The Buffalo Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we were – Will and I were wrong on this. We had the Steelers covering 14 points. It just didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Uh, yeah, dumped, there's not even much to talk about other than Josh didn't Allen. Didn't I have Buffalo Davis. minus 14? I said you, that they were going to blow You did. Out. You did. That's why I said yeah. Will and I. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about this game. Josh Allen looked amazing. Kenny Pickett didn't actually even look too bad. Threw for 327 yards. Pittsburgh couldn't run the ball. I think Najee went down. Is that right? Najee. Did that happen? Firemuth went down. Firemuth. Yes, yes, I have him in fantasy. J.P. Crawford just hit a home run for Seattle. It's 5-2 to now. Um, yeah, you spoiled it. Oh, sorry. I just um, I didn't know you were watching both. But, yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> terrible game. Dumpster fire of an organization right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Buffalo back to their winning ways sitting at 4 now. Also, wanted to mention that the Buffalo Bills are the cheapest team in the NFL. They love taking cheap shots. This is something yes. that they constantly do, and I think that the league needs to <coughs> investigate. It's a bad look for them. All right, next game on the slate, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The first time they've been favored probably in like 10 years against the Houston Texans. Texas. The Houston Texans. This was another bad game. It was a third. Yes. What was it like? Thirteen to six or something. Thirteen along six. Yep. Yeah. Thirteen to six. Um, it's a bad game. Bad game. And uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbles a lot. That's what I picked up from this game. Been saying that. Um, the only thing, once again, bad game. The only thing that I actually have to say about this game is the Texans have beat the Jags eight or nine times in a row. It's either eight or nine. That's, That's a lot. That is a lot. And. and I'm going to say right now the Texans are going to win when they see him in Houston and, and they're going to make a double digits. Team's terrible. The team that is actually terrible. 
And Trevor Lawrence is a turnover machine. He loves turning the ball over. Two picks in this game. Last he had week two he picks had as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's shaky. It's shaky from him. And Trevor Lawrence, fun fact, has never played a football game in the snow, which we should see at some point this year would be my guess. Also is notoriously bad in the rain. So that stinks because he plays literally in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, That's all I got for both of these yeah. teams, though. Right. I have nothing to say about the Texans. Literally nothing. And I'm giving myself a pat on the back right now because I'm the only one who hit the lock of the week. Good job, Stavros. Hashtag thank you, Stavros. The San Francisco 49ers, minus six and a half, they smoked the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely embarrassed them. They got their coach fired. Shout out Will. Will predicted this would happen. Yeah. Will, yeah. round of applause mm-hmm. to Will, too. Just Will round of applause. I look like a genius for no reason. I had like nice maybe the most ballsy call of all time saying that he was going to get fired after this week. But hashtag me go. thank you, Will. Yep. Hashtag <laughs> thank you, Will. That clip will go on the TikTok. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 49ers run game is awesome. And they're clearly, they're the best team in the NFC West. I, I don't see – we'll, we'll get to this Rams-Cowboys game later, but the 49ers just continue to dominate week in and week out, minus that stupid uh, week one game when it was a little monsoon in Chicago and that random game against Denver. But, yeah, shout-out to 49ers right now, boys. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, Matt Rule being out, um, Baker Mayfield being out, Sam Darnold being out, P.J. Walker time for our new interim head coach, Steve Wilkes. Um, When it comes to building a team, your coach is – I mean, the coach-to-quarterback relationship is very important. I like the fact that both of these guys are starting off on the same week. I don't know why, but I like it. And I'm gonna check who Carolina's playing next week. They're one and four. They're playing the Rams at SoFi at 4:05. Early prediction. I'm gonna bust out our early prediction. The Panthers plus ten and a half. I'm taking the Panthers. I like the Panthers in that. Plus ten and a half. Plus ten and a half is crazy. That is a lot of points. We actually are a firm believer in this podcast of. After the, the game after your coach gets fired, it's an automatic yep. win. So yep. they, they fall in my No, we go they win. Fall that it you go win. It they go win. It's it happens. It's always been a win. Saw, remember Lovey last year with the Texans, Lovey Smith? Ty France double six two Seattle. Yep. I just got that at the same time, actually. So I was good. You know, I'll let you say all the things because I'm getting it right. Yeah, I like that. No more spoiling. But um, if we're going to be talking about spoiling here, how about spoiling my lock of the week? And that's exactly what the Philadelphia 76ers, yep, the 76ers. <laughs> that's exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles did for me. Um, going into this game, super confident. Stav had the Cardinals, so congrats, Stav. That was a correct oh, pick. Thank um, you. You know, they talk about how at the end of the game, Kyler Murray, second and nine, ran for nine, or second and ten, ran for nine yards, one yard short. On third and one, spiked the ball. They went for a bit deeper of a field goal than they could have possibly gotten. A little bit more time off the clock as well. But they missed it. But what I'm talking about and what all the people that had Philly minus six and a half are talking about was the drive before when the Eagles had it in the red zone inside the five or inside the ten. That's why we named it inside the five. Um and ended up kicking a field goal. They ended up just like running the ball three times, not even going for the end zone and kicking a field goal. And they still almost 
um, ended up tying. Um, if Philly scored a touchdown right there, would have been great for my lock of the week. But the Eagles still at five and zero. Kyler Murray had maybe the worst suit I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think that was meant for the Queen, because I or Young Thug, or Hillary Clinton, or William Pappas. Yeah, Will Will could rock that fit. Well, you could rock that. You could rock what Kyler was rocking. Set. Oh wow! I, I almost know. spoke too soon. Griff, you see that? Wait. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, he got beamed. Yeah, he got beamed. What a throw from Jordan, Jordan? Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyways, yeah. Well, after after four, the Mariners are up six to two. But yeah, we'll we'll rock that suit and let's talk about this game for a little bit, huh? I have for you. What are we talking about? The game itself. Just <laughs> this Eagles Cardinals game. Sorry, I got so. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was so confused. But I mean, this was a classic Jalen Hurts MVP breakout game in my opinion you know he ran for 61 threw for 239 he ran for two touchdowns that looks great in the stat sheet uh miles sanders couldn't get going too much in this game dallas goddard really had it and really really helped them out throughout this game the cardinals who are now at two and three with the seahawks um they really don't look too good at all isaiah simmons is kind of a bright spot on that team where or on that defense, especially where we aren't really seeing anybody else step up, and we need Buda Baker. If if you're a Cardinals fan, you need Buda Baker to really step up. That's what yeah. I've been seeing, anyways, from my yeah. NFC West. Opponent. Kyler's a bonehead, idiot, bad quarterback. Oh, Kyler sucks, stinks, hate him. It was, worst it, was double, it was a double XP weekend in Call of Duty, by the way, and he had Thank the you. the biggest uh, choke job in NFL history with what he did. Sucks. I, don't, I, for, I can't remember if you talked about that with your little Ky- Kylo Rand. Yes, yes, did. I did. Okay. Okay, I did. So that's why I was kind of hesitant. But, yeah, boneheaded yeah. play, idiot, sucks at football. All right, next game on the slate. A great one. Wait, hold on. Did we talk about Dallas and the Rams? No. Okay, so we're mm-hmm. going to – that's the one we're talking about. Okay, we got the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. We jumped to the Cardinals. But, all right, we have the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams – Cooper Rush is just a winner. He wins football games. He's a professional winner. And this this Dallas Cowboys team, how about that? They got a big test next week against Philly on Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a great game. But how about how – I didn't expect them to win. I mean, I had them covering. We all had them covering. But I didn't really expect them to win the game. Yeah, I mean, bit of a surprise as well for me, especially when your quarterback throws 102 yards. You don't really expect it. But how about that – I mean, two-headed backfield with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard, one of the best touchdown runs of this season. Um, And and Zeke getting 22 touches for 78 yards, really controlling the game, um, running some clock down. Dallas ends up putting up 22 points, and that L.A. Rams offense does not look good. He doesn't have anyone to throw to other than Cooper Cup. That's why he had 125 yards. Um, He's looking for Ben Skoranek a lot. And Ben Skoranek just really isn't as good as Matthew Stafford thinks he is. The run game in L.A. is terrible, and that's really what's going to stop them from being what they were last year. All right, here's a quick question. When are we going to start blaming Allen Robinson for not getting open? Right now. Like, he stinks. Everyone he always actually... talks about how Allen Robinson is a, a good wide receiver. Always have No, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. And Allen yeah. Robinson just doesn't get separation, doesn't run routes right. And I think it's kind of being shined up, like lights being shined upon it, where it's it, 
it's his fault now. Like, you've played with so many quarterbacks throughout your career, and none of them have been able to kind of feed you the rock besides um, – was it Jay Cutler that year? No, 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 no. It was Mitchell no. Trubisky. It was yeah, Mitch it was Trubisky Mitch. that one year that the, the Bears were really good. Yes, the the year that they went to the championship game. No, the it was the wild card that the double doink game. Was that the wild card? Yeah. Oh wait, and I don't know why I said championship. I meant divisional too. I did think it was the divisional. Yeah, but like, it's. It's Allen Robinson's fault. I mean, Mitch Trubisky yeah. makes him good. Yep. Um, Yuli Gurriel solo shot. Yep. That was a tank, 6-3. to three. But, yeah, it's Allen Robinson's fault. If you can't get the ball from Matthew Stafford, who was literally throwing to dog scraps in Detroit, you you don't deserve to be complaining about not getting targets. Most definitely. All right, and then well. let's move on to Sunday night football. Um, we have the Baltimore Ravens at home versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This was another good game. This was a good Sunday night game, a game that ended in a, or a last-second field goal. Um, it was a little controversy with that PAT that tied it, that went just over the crossbar. That or just that was the, good. That was yeah, good. That, that was a good field goal. It was a good but field. If I'm a Ravens fan, I have something to be mad about if they lost the game. However, they didn't. And uh, shout out me for just knowing football and. Realizing that the Bengals tipped their plates. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I Let's hear the breakdown. This. All right. So, I'm I Griff. You sent me the clip of someone yeah. picking that up, but I didn't see that specific example. However, every time that Joe Mixon, every time the Bengals call a run play, Joe Mixon gets in his stance, but it's a little like lower down to the ground, like he's ready to get the football. And whenever they pass, he's higher up, like almost standing, and. If I could pick that up, that means NFL coaches are picking that up. And I guarantee that Zach Taylor is going to sit him down and be like, hey, get in the same stance for every play. Don't tip the plays because, I mean, maybe this is just being brought to light. But, I mean, that could be something going forward where coaches really highlight upon it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I don't know if the Bengals, or if, if Baltimore picked that up in this game. But just in general, that Baltimore defense looked great. And Jason Pierre-Paul, the addition of him, has been great for that defensive line. Um, and, and you know what those corners will do. And, and even though Jamar Chase um, caught seven balls, he only had 50 yards. And a large part of that was kind of laying off, not letting the Cincinnati Bengals take deep shots, which is what they love to do. Um, for some reason, T. Higgins just, like, didn't play. You know, he was out in the second half. I saw him a little. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw him a little bit in the first half. I didn't see him at all in the second half. And that's a big part of that team because when Jamar Chase can't get it going, T. Higgins is the next man up. And then obviously Tyler Boyd as well, who had a couple of uh, good catches. He didn't have a ton of catches, but a couple of them, he he had some good first downs. Um, T. Higgins is someone that needs to get going for this team. Mixon, who ran for 78 yards. like you said, tip and plays, but didn't look too bad. When you can't get Jamar Chase going, that shouldn't be an automatic loss. And, and that's what it kind of seems like over in Cincinnati right now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Will, what do you have? What do you have? Anything on this game? I mean, obviously, it's a good dub for um, the Ravens. You, you don't like to see the Bengals losing in that kind of fashion. But I mean, you can't, can't be tipping plays like that. Obviously, like you said, stop. If you're, 
if you're picking up on it, I'm sure they are. I don't know. Obviously, you said Griff. I don't know if the Ravens were. I have a feeling they definitely were a little bit, probably as the game was progressing. But I mean, going on a week to week basis, you can't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because if no one's picked it up yet, everybody knows now. Yeah, everybody. Which is which is a problem. It's even more of a problem now that it's public information that they're tipping plays. And let's talk about the Ravens a little bit too, although they won. Lamar missed some good opportunities here. He overthrew a few receivers yeah. that would have been walking touchdowns, but he's he's gonna bounce back. He's still my MVP favorite. This was a good win for the Ravens, a, a divisional win. Uh what did yeah. they move to four and two? I'm sorry, three and two. I want to say three and two, yeah. Because they lost to the Dolphins and they lost to the Bills. Yeah, so they're three and two. So the next, the last and final game, Monday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a, we've had great Monday Night matchups, by the way. I think each Monday Night game has been a good game. And this didn't disappoint at all. Although there were some questionable calls and whatnot, it still didn't derail the fact that this was a good game. Yeah. And um, I just want to say when, um, Vegas was up. I want to say, oh, uh, what were they up in the second quarter? Was 17 it... to nothing or 14 to nothing. Yeah. I know it might have been to 14 to three. I don't, it was either 14 or I, mean, I think it might have been 17 to three. Yes, they were definitely up 17 to three. I don't know if they got and, to 17. And I, right at that moment, I said, the Chiefs are winning this football game. I knew it for a fact. You can ask my roommate. I literally, we were looking at it as live betting, but it's no bet October. Um, until so, I know that game. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and until I go to SoFi. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> it's November, October until next week. And um, I didn't take it because they're only plus 160. But I loved the Chiefs when they were down 17 to 3. They came through um, in, I mean, a crazy ending as well. Um, Devontae Adams, how about three receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns? Game That's game exactly – And a pushed over cameraman. And an assault charge. And, and, yeah, and an assault charge filed against him as well. Yeah, that was – yeah, I, I mean, mean, there are multiple camera angles for that, but you, you can't do that. It's just a you – know, what are you doing? You don't the camera angles doesn't change the fact that he literally just yeah, I know. walked right by him and just threw him on the ground. Yeah, that was – can't do that. What do you – I don't know. I didn't like that. I don't want to add he's someone who I – And I want to say – I want to say about this whole slate – we saw some great divisional divisional matchups this week, and it what we just talked about with the Raiders Chiefs, the Bengals Chargers as well. Um, for how about forty to seventeen, the Jets beating the Dolphins, who were seen as kind of a powerhouse. Um, Texans Jags, even it wasn't a great game, but not a not a result that you really thought was going to happen. This was a good week of divisional football. Was it didn't say Falcons was. even Vikings I mean, Bears. They're putting their statement in their yeah, division. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that just about wraps up the, the recap of the slate. I'm going to go over the, the percentages for the spreads and the over-under. So for last week, Griff and I, for the spreads, tied at 53%. We went, and I'm not including the the Baltimore versus Cincinnati game because that ended in a push, so it's out of 15. Mm-hmm. I went 8 out of 15 along with Griff. A notable win for Griff was Buffalo minus 14. Will and I both picked Pittsburgh plus 14. And a notable win for me was Arizona plus five when both of you picked Philadelphia minus five. And um, the win that or the the game that pushed us over the edge was a Monday night game. Griff and I both had the Vegas Raiders plus seven. Will had a minus seven. That was the only difference in 
the spreads. Now let's talk about over under. I had a great week. I went 56% with the over unders. I went uh, nine out of 16. I think that's my most successful week. Will in second place there went 50%. It's what you, what, where you around you should be. The best betters in the world only go 55% or so. And then Griff, you went, you had 44%. Uh, notable win for Will was the under in the Rams Cowboys game at set at 43. And the final score was 22 to 10. Notable win for, I didn't really have any notable wins to be honest. Oh, no, I have the under in the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans game. That game, the 43-and-a-half was the spread, and it was 13-to-6. So those are two notable wins. And I'm looking through your most notable win was the over in the Giants-Packers game at 41 with the final score being 27-to-20. I also picked that. But the London you over, you didn't have any solo wins. Queen Lizzie, yeah, rip for the Queen, Queen Lizzie. All right, um, that wraps it up. Griff, lobbing it to you. Got stuck again. Um, but how about three sports in one episode? Even though we talked about hockey for maybe five seconds, um, up, all three of those teams are winning the Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> we're all gonna be right, but no, for real. We got some MLB playoffs to work with the next few days until we get back to football. It's an exciting time of the year. NBA starting up, NHL starting up, the World Cup coming soon. We'll be talking some soccer. We will see you guys at the end of the week. Enjoy your week. Good luck and peace. 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 Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.